podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Whistleblowers Daily, the bite-sized show that gives you the football headlines and some concise opinion on each every weekday throughout the season. I'm Mark Smith. These are your football headlines for Wednesday the 15th of February. A depleted Tottenham fell to a 1-0 loss at AC Milan in the first leg of the last 16 of the Champions League. An early goal from Brahim Diaz was enough for the home side to take a slight lead into the return leg in North London next month. Despite the result, there were positive notes of the evening, with both Oliver Skip and Papa Matassar excelling in the middle of midfield. Elsewhere in the Champions League, Bayern Munich beat a lacklustre PSG 1-0 in Paris. Mikel Arteta has accused Lee Mason, the VAR who failed to rule out Brentford's equaliser against Arsenal on Saturday, of not understanding his job and costing his side two crucial points in the title race. Arsenal have received an apology for the error from Howard Webb, the Premier League's head of referees, and Mason has not been selected as a VAR for the top flight matches this weekend. According to the Times, some members of Manchester United women's team have serious concerns about the possibility of Mason Greenwood returning to first-team training. It's understood they'd be unhappy if Greenwood came back to United's Carrington training base, which they share with the men's team, and they don't expect the 21-year-old forward to be recalled. It's also understood that some players in the men's team have concerns about the idea of Greenwood returning, although others have no objection since he was found guilty of nothing. Those are your headlines. Okay, then let's start with Spurs away at AC Milan last night. As I mentioned in the headline there, a couple of positives, very depleted team. Let's talk to Theo Delaney, host of The Spurs Show. The uh, story of Tottenham Hotspur, the curate's egg of a football team, continued last night. Everybody went into this game following that terrible defeat at Leicester at the weekend, thinking the worst and expecting the worst not least because the midfield of course had been decimated Uh, Besuma's injured Bentoncourt's out for the season Hoybier was uh, suspended and we had to go in with the callow duo of uh, Skip and Saar and you know we know they're good players, but they had literally no experience at this level. Neither of them had ever played in the Champions League before. And you go into the San Siro, full house. It's a huge ask for them to uh, hold hold the fort in the middle of that undermanned midfield, given the system we play. And, of course, that was the story of the night. They were both superb. Saar, in particular, looked absolutely assured. And... Um, and on that was built a very decent performance by the team. That we lost one nil, uh, but most objective commentators thought we were just slightly the better side. Um, the, the only thing that was lacking really in that performance was creativity right near the, the opposition goal, and that's probably because Son and Kulisewski are both short of their best at the moment. Son's been struggling for form all season and has only really performed sporadically. Kulisewski's never got back, not so far got back anyway, to his peak levels, which are extremely impressive when he, when he does achieve peak form. Uh, but he hasn't got back to that since his injury. So you, you rather suspect that had those two been really firing on all cylinders, we'd have come away with a win. But um, we don't play the second leg till well into March. And by that time, you, could, you might expect one or both of them to be playing better. But also you might expect that the players that were brought off the bench very late in the game last night, they might play uh, apart from the start. I mean, Richarlison must be wondering what he needs to do to get into this team, given that he's Brazil's first choice centre forward. And um, 
Also, Dan Juma. Jan, Dan Juna look like, uh, is, looks like a useful um, option. So uh, the only other bad news was that Dyer got himself booked, which means he'll be suspended for the second leg. But, um, you know, apart from that, I think most Tottenham fans will feel reasonably sanguine about the situation and, and, and you know, will expect, I mean, without any uh, degree of complacency or silliness about it, but will expect... Spurs to have a very good chance of going through to the next round in the Champions League. So this topsy-turvy ride continues. Expect the unexpected on Sunday against West Ham. That is host of the Spurs show, Theo Delaney, available on this very network. Also check out his other podcast. He's got a show called Life Goals with Theo Delaney. He gets great guests on. He's a great interviewer. Really good podcast. Moving on then, Mikel Arteta, not happy at all with... Lee Mason, not happy with Howard Webb, and completely understandable. This is as cut and dried as it gets. A complete error from Lee Mason on VAR. I mean, as Arteta says, it's actually not an error. It's just a a misunderstanding of what his job is. These are crucial, crucial moments in games, and we don't have any faith. I think as a footballing, as a football-viewing nation, we no longer have any faith that VAR is doing what it was brought in to do. He seems to have overthought it to the extent there, Lee Mason, that he's not even done the most basic part of his job. I don't understand how this can happen, but it's happened. And now Arsenal, like he says, Arteta, they need to try and find these two points from somewhere else. And you've got Man City breathing down your neck. They played tonight in, in what is probably the biggest game of the season so far. In fact, it certainly is, isn't it? And they've got this hanging over them. The other issue is that if Arsenal now do get a favourable decision, you're just going to get all the other people saying, well, they're just, you know, it's the Premier League trying to make up for it. So decisions like this have knock-on effects in people's perception of the game and people's perception of the fairness of the game. It used to be people would say, oh, you know, bad decisions, they even out over the season. Well, that was always nonsense. And now we have VAR brought in to eliminate howlers and it's just not doing what it was brought in to do. I think there's lots of issues with VAR, I think it's here to stay, and I think it's probably a good thing on balance. But these teething issues, these teething problems, have now gone on for, you know, years. (laughs) I thought we'd get this in the first year. We're now in year three, and it's it's still not fixed. It still doesn't work properly. It still takes too long. We're still ruling out goals for offsides when it's a millimetre in it. Which, okay, you could say, well, a millimetre is a millimetre, it's still offside. Not the case, because the technology isn't quite up to scratch. The frame rates on those cameras aren't good enough, so it's not actually that accurate. So I'm not really sure what what it is bringing in. The whole idea originally was pitched to us that it's going to eliminate human error. It's going to take out the subjectivity. But it doesn't, because it's still a person who decides what gets reviewed and what doesn't, and it's still a person that decides on the outcome. And this all seems to fall into this, this... issue with Arteta and Lee Mason it's all come to this point where it's now a case where a manager is battling out to win his first title first title for Arsenal for a long time and he's getting completely undermined by a system that is not fit and proper so I absolutely feel for Arteta there and for Arsenal fans moving on then finally some members of Man United's women's team are concerned about Mason Greenwood returning understandably Uh, I don't know what happens with this to be honest I understand the argument that United have a duty of care for the player he's been there since he was a kid but all that to me means is that they have to 
not just sack him and get rid. They have to at least try and help him out looking for another club or whatever it is. Or try and make sure that after he leaves the club or has his contract terminated, he's looked after to an extent that he's not going to, you know, fall into a depression as, as much as possible. As, as, that's really harder. It's harder to do than than that. You know, it's, it's very difficult dealing with a, a situation like this for a player. But ultimately, Mason Greenwood isn't the victim here, is he? He may have... He's not been found not guilty. He's just... You know, there wasn't enough evidence and certain people pulled out of the case. It's not like they've, they've cleared him on all charges. So I completely understand why members of the women's team aren't happy and I understand why members of the men's team wouldn't be happy. Because I think he's shown his colours, really, hasn't he? And, and, and I don't know what happens next. I don't know legally if they're allowed to just to cancel a contract. But I'd be very surprised if he's back in the United team. But I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him playing at a good level very soon for another Champions League club, even. Because, as we know... Football doesn't have much in the way of morals. So on that wonderfully upbeat note, um, I'll be back same time tomorrow with more on a Whistleblowers Daily. We'll talk about the Arsenal-Man City game. Until then, have a good one. Sports Social Podcast Network.